Good evening. You are listening to Three Moves Ahead, the world's, the universe's, at least the galaxy's best strategy game podcast. You know, I, I think I, I want to start humble and then I go too big and then I, I kind of bring it back in a little bit. You know, maybe maybe the Andromeda Galaxy has a better strategy game podcast. We don't we don't know yet, but um, probably statistically the best one that exists in our part of the universe right now, you know, per the, the like the flashing bulb theory that advanced civilizations don't don't really stick around very long for reasons that are becoming increasingly apparent. Anyway, I'm Len. I'm your like, host. I'm rambling. Go ahead. I feel like there's a Kardashev three civilization out there with a Dyson sphere covering every star in their galaxy, and they probably have one podcast about strategy games. that's really good. Yeah, because it's yeah. no one listens to it. I, I mean, if you're that technologically advanced, having one podcast, come on, there's got to be there. I mean, it, that's pure nerd central. There's got to really, be some. It's really, really hard to make a good podcast. Yeah, they've got, well, they've got they've got strategy games that like take take place in like n dimensional space where like we we wouldn't even get it. It would you know, I think. I think that's the the solution of the Fermi paradox is that you either destroy yourselves in a giant ball of fire or you evolve into something that we wouldn't recognize as a life form. And, uh, you know, that's that's why we don't seem like we have any neighbors. Um, this isn't actually a <laughs> science or xenology podcast, though. Uh, it's a strategy podcast. And I'm joined by our friend John Bolding. Hello, everyone. And our friend Mike Williams. Hello, hello, everyone. And we're actually here today as sort of an extension of our last show, which was sort of a look ahead at the strategy games of 2024 to look at uh, some games coming in 2024 and beyond that uh, were featured in the recent Steam Next Fest, uh, where, John, you have the maybe singular honor of playing how many how many next fest demos was it i played 50 steam next fest demos 10 a day for five days yeah that's uh that's a lot that's a lot of video games it was um arguably too many it was arguably too many video games a concept which even just as recently as a decade ago i would not have thought existed and yet here we are no i mean it's like a constant thing now that's like there's too many video games like you guys will come finally caught up to every other form of media. You guys will come into discord and dump a bunch of links to steam pages. And I'm like, I'm not going to have time for any of this. Wow. Wow. (laughs) I I downloaded 40. I definitely did not get to all 40, but I I downloaded 40. Like I'll go through every next fest and just be like, create a collection called next fest. And then the month and year and then i'll just download a bunch of them and then play them slowly although for some reason some of them like go away after the next fest like if you go through and the next fest is over like some of them aren't playable like what why are you doing oh, yeah that? there's plenty of i mean i get it i get it one game development is really hard but two i think that uh i've had this theory for a while so i'm not just coming up with this out of nowhere but I think that conventions, gaming conventions, have fallen in prominence in terms of marketing and reaching out to fans. Not to say that they're irrelevant, just that 
Steam Next Fest has become the home of what used to be a the game convention demo, right? What you would see at a booth on the show floor or at the, you know, little local indie collective booth where there's like 12 PCs set up with different games running on them. I think that that's where those sorts of demos have started to find a home and those demos don't age well, especially like even in the week to week process of making your own game. I don't think they age well. So they go up for Steam Next Fest and then they come down because they're sort of a, hey, check this out. It's in development, especially for games that are like, we don't have a release date, right? The ones yeah. where they take the demo down and it comes out like the next week. Th- those ones, I always wonder, what are you hiding? But which is rude, but the games that are like 2025 with a question mark after it or like eventually as the release date and like they put out a a next fest demo every four or five months and they're like here's sort of what the game is like right now i'm working on it right i think the next fest format is perfect for that yeah i'd say this time around there's actually i just scanned through all 40 of the games uh so the ones that seem to have gone away are like islands of insight and uh genesis eden so from my list it only looks like four of them shut off the demos um looking at my last next fest i think like half of those went like as soon as the next fest was over they just shut those demos off yeah yeah i can definitely see the argument if it's something that's pretty far away because yeah even just with my tooling around in Godot, like my third week of January prototype and my first week of February prototype are like artistically and mechanically almost <laughs> like completely different from each other. So I can I could definitely see that side of it, too. Um, stuff stuff moves fast, especially when you're like early in that process. It does. And especially I think for indie devs, it moves quickly. Like they may have finalized that Steam Next Fest demo to okay. That's That's all right. We can get some dog content. That's I am I am very uh very okay to include some dog content. I closed the door. Okay. You can still come visit. There's a tiny (laughs) door in the door, but okay. Uh, yeah, you're saying especially with indie devs, especially with indie devs, they may have finalized that demo two weeks ago and they've already fixed bugs and improved stuff that was in it. Right. Mm. Um, and some of them just have you hit this with Steam Next Fest demos, especially they just have critical bugs of one kind or another that it's not worth fixing just to keep a demo up. Yeah, I can I can see that for sure. Um. Well, if we get into the strategy games of Steam Next Fest, how many of the 50 demos you played do you think are in some way a strategy or tactics or management game? So I got I went pretty broad because I was trying to pick up stuff for a big audience and I was sort of doing a big Twitter thread of like, here's the good ones that I played. Right. But I just did a quick go through and I've got nine here that are obviously strategy games. I hit five. Okay. Uh, strategy or, or city building. So yeah. synergy sort of uh, Convalera Stormgate, which was really just like an open beta client. Um, 
News Tower, Millennia, and Guild Saga Vanished Worlds. I had forgotten about News Tower. So there you go, 10. And I didn't uh I didn't pull down a lot of the big marquee games, so I didn't pull down the Stormgate demo or anything like that. Uh, and I know there were a bunch more that I never got to. I just didn't have time. Do you know? Oh, I got one more. Uh, Crown Wars, the Black Prince, yeah. uh, which I never played. That's why I haven't I haven't gotten around to it. It's still live, though. Uh, let's see. I had, let's see, Solar Expanse, Stellar Settlers, uh, Rius 2, Shapes with a Z2, Thrive, Heavy Lies the Crown, Headquarters, World War II, Millennia, Odd Sparks, and Synergy. Uh, and I then also news tower. Oh, does Odd Sparks count? Okay, yeah. I think Odd Sparks counts for a okay, lot of then. interesting reasons. Yeah, I have that. I have that as well. I haven't uh, played it because it's listed as an automation adventure game. So I was like, okay. That one was a bit of a uh, disaster in terms of getting 50 games played in one week. Because <laughs> I sat down with it and it just ate the whole morning. Yeah, uh, yeah. I had I had one of those and it's uh I'll save it till later, but it's it's not anything I expected to love. Uh I just burned so much time on it that I even put it on the Steam Deck. That's so we talked uh frankly. We did talk a little bit about Stormgate uh last week, which uh which uh I've played a bit of their most recent build as well. Um there's not I guess a ton new to talk about that we haven't already talked about on previous episodes yet. Um, there really wasn't. It's it's Starcraft. Look, it's yeah, Starcraft it with uh-huh. with the stuff with all the serial numbers fouled off. Yeah. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Well, it's Starcraft three. <laughs> well, it's Starcraft. It's nice. also it's it's Starcraft three with like a side of Warcraft four because you know they have like the mob camps and stuff, and that's kind of Warcraft slash Dota ish. Um, but yeah, it's definitely it's 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 in the craft family, <laughs> which is which is again not, yeah. not to say it's bad. It's just there is as of yet not a lot to talk about because the demo is pretty bare bones. Yeah, and what it is is a pretty known quantity. Yeah, you hit multiplayer matchmaking and then you fight somebody, and that's. I, I am really, really curious. I mean, we talked about this last time, but I am really curious to see how their campaign story stuff is going to be presented. Um, I do think like Starcraft 2, the writing wasn't always there, but in terms of like the missions and the campaign design, I think it kind of goes a little bit unsung for how good the single player was in uh, Starcraft 2 trilogy. Um I think that's certainly true. I I haven't talked a lot about Stormgate because uh, I have a conflict of interest there where someone I've played games with for a decade, but before he worked in game development, um, who is a UI artist on that team. Gotcha. So you probably won't hear me on any 3MAs about it specifically, um, other than to say here and now that obviously it's a great game and you should buy it because I like my friend and I want him to keep having a job. But also, I personally had fun with it. But I haven't. How dare you? How dare get deep into it? How dare you like your friend and want them to keep having a job? That's that's a terrible thing that I've decided I want. Um, yeah. uh, it's it's okay, John. We uh, Amir and I have literally 
mentioned Warframe, I have to assume on one of these. So we, we've already broken. Yeah, you're, you're bad people. So how are we feeling about Millennia now that we've all had a chance to play it? Um, at least a little bit. Well, I think it, yeah. I'm interested to hear what you have to say, Lynn, before I jump into it. I I think there's something there, but I don't know. The way I was describing is like, I'm not sure if the ways that it is critical of the Sid Meier's civilization formula are necessarily the ways that would get me excited about a Civ competitor. Like the, the critiques it has of Civ are not really the same critiques I have of Civ necessarily. Um, but I would like to see how it plays because it's what the first 30, 40 turns. I'm trying to remember where they cut you off. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, the like Civ with fantasy elements is already cool. We've talked so many times about how great Endless Legend is and how they need to make another one. But, um, you know, the idea of ta- like winding these alternate paths for history um, and having maybe some some like wacky steampunk stuff thrown in there. Uh, I do think it needs some UI work for sure. I've I've described it as a very non-charismatic game (laughs) which isn't necessarily a bad thing because like you know eu3 and crusader kings 2 i both think were very non-charismatic games the first times i played them and if the mechanics are there that's not necessarily a bad thing but it's not a killer but it would be nice if it yeah felt like it had a uh a style of its own rather than sort of a yeah, yeah so, this is sort of what you expect a game UI to look like like here it is so so like yeah that that's the takeaway so like old world brings together Civ and like Crusader Kings that's a that's a path mm-hmm. I have played Aura which is like Civ but very 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 pretty like like here's Civ with modern uh, you know graphics mm. and all that stuff like you can see the little people move around and they get attacked by animals that's cool uh, my takeaway from playing Millennia or is it Millennium whatever is it's Civ 6 like it, it feels so Civ 6 mm-hmm. like they just looked at Civ 6 and were like let's do that and since there's not a civilization maybe that'll work out well, and, and I just yeah. don't feel I don't feel enough differentiation. I I worry that they're leaning too much on like the fact that like okay, what sets this apart from a Civ Six is that you can have the Age of Blood or whatever. When that's a cool idea, but I also think you need to dig deeper into like Orex and you know, like Soren said, you know. Uh, <clears throat> Um, Old World was sort of a game about 4X games. Like, it was kind of his thesis on <laughs> 4X games. And I don't really feel that, like, base level sort of critical eye towards what I would like a 4X game to be with Millennia as much. Yeah, it's it's not bad. I just think the... Like, I enjoyed it. It's not like uh, when I ran into Humankind and I was just like, oh, this is just not working. Um, playing Millennia, I was like, oh, this works. Which That's is interesting. true. Yeah. 
I, I can't say I enjoyed Millennia very much. I, I didn't feel the draw yet. Um, and I'm really skeptical of the alternate ages thing because of how planning ahead dependent the genre as a whole is. And I didn't see that not happening here where it's like, you need to know what all the things you'll ever be able to build are in order to optimize this city. You know, like don't put a farm there because in 30 turns, you're going to want to put a factory there. Like this, that, those kinds of things are so common in the genre. And I didn't feel them avoiding that yet, which is just uh, generally to me disappointing. Um, it's a well, weakness. It's, it's an interesting comparison with humankind, because even though humankind for me didn't quite work, I do feel like humankind had a very identifiable thesis about Sid Meier's civilization. Like it was, it was kind of maybe five or six different theses, but I feel like I understood what their critique of that genre was on, you know, maybe a a broader level, um, you know, with stuff like the diplomacy system and, uh, the way that they, they use like stability as a building tall resource, in the same way that, you know, there's there's resources for building wide in other other 4X games. Um, <clears throat> yeah, I haven't had a chance to play Aura yet. Um, I'm looking forward to I do have an opportunity to do that a little later this year, I think. But uh, yeah, it's it's interesting that this this is still a growing like subgenre of 4X and, uh, you know, I'm interested to see more people get in on that space because I think there are so many wish we had bread on right now to talk about it. Like there's so many lenses of history that have not been (laughs) really haven't been um, considered. Yeah. I will say I was really glad to see them lean away from the name things in your game explicitly after real world stuff. Yeah. Um, I think it was good for them to be like, no, they're going to be warriors, not, spartans or whatever right because you don't if you want to sort of uh if you want to have a historical game that's cool but i think almost everyone agrees that history as flavor is a little out of style in the genre as a whole right yeah um i would agree um it's still a game I'll be keeping an eye on, though. I do definitely want to see how it plays out in like end game, mid game, end game, because that's such a make or break thing for. Um, yeah, certainly, and I think the first uh, oh, the first yeah. studio to make a good Civilization Four X end game is gonna get an intense amount of praise for it. Yeah, in this one, there's no way to know because no one's ever succeeded in making a really good one. Well, Old World, which just chose not to have an end game, the game just ends sure. in the mid in the mid game yeah. <laughs> when things are still fun. Yeah, yeah, uh, and and I mean, uh, again, I, I I get the feeling at least that it's coming together better for me than humankind, but uh, I I do. I, I walked away from playing it being like, I mean, that's fine. And I don't think that's, if there was nothing else coming out, maybe you might be able to survive that, but they're still updating Civ six. Civ seven is coming. Old world exists. Uh, Aura is coming. Like it's, it's becoming a crowded space. 
Yeah, so, and I think that there's a harsh competition point here going against Aura, which, uh, generally speaking, just looks better. Right? Yeah. I don't know okay. how much. Okay. I don't know very, how much. very much so, yeah. I don't know what their price target is, right? It's possible that Millennia will be a game that succeeds because they are looking at just charging less money for it than the rest of these games, which are generally speaking $60 games. But it's very hard to say. So that leaves me to the point that I'm pretty much tapped out in terms of what I've personally played. (laughs) (laughs) But I want to hear, like, Mike, what was your favorite strategy demo that you played in NextFest? My favorite? (sighs) Hmm. Probably News Tower or Synergy. One one of the two. News Tower, just because it's a very, uh, as we are all journalist types, uh, as a journalist type, it it is a very cute and endearing idea of what newspapers do. Uh, It works quite well, and I enjoyed (laughs) playing, and I was like, oh, okay, this is very cute. You just you think that's how all of this works. Um, well, it's the 1930s. Maybe that is how it worked. It's not how. It yes, yeah, so. like a, like a journalist just be like, I was out there for nine hours. I have everything. They just come in and they hand it to the printer, and then they go sit on their desk. No, um, it was a lot of fun. Um, synergy. Uh, I let's think... um let's get back to synergy. I, let, let's maybe talk about it later or even later. Oh, okay, because I have a lot to say about it. Oh, you have a lot to yeah, say. about I, synergy I figured too. I figured both of you would have quite a bit to say about that one. I thought but... News Tower was really cute, especially for the sort of you know air quotes tower style uh, management game. It looks cool. I'm looking yeah. at the Steam page right now. Very pleasing yeah. little like you're a newspaper mogul it's the 30s you're gonna go for it and that i mean it just it's out by now i think the demo is still available um it is out in early access it looks quite positive reactions from the people playing it but this sort of it's cool especially because they've chosen to do it very focused historically upon one time period and one place um because there is a lot of cool history to draw from there right to make it into sort of gameplay mechanics this is what it was like. This is the way people were. Um, yeah. And there's a lot of, a lot of little management, like, you know, uh, you'll, you'll get patrons from like politics or like crime. And they'll like, we don't want you to talk about this thing. So you're balancing the stories that'll work in a local area. Uh, and the time that it will take to research them, report them and, uh, print them out versus, the patrons that are coming in and uh, putting their thumb on the scale, so to speak, um, which yeah. is actually reflective of reality. So, ha ha. That's a lot of, it's a lot of fun. Um, I probably have more to say about my biggest disappointment. Oh, really? Um, strategy disappointment, uh, which would be sort of Convalaria which i saw this one this is one i didn't even download so it, just like that doesn't look good to me it like visually it's spot on uh tactically it's pretty good like it's a final fantasy tactic style tactics game um but the problems like started immediately like i loaded it up and it loaded up in a window 
And I was like, wait, these graphics options are definitely not built for PC. And as you're playing it, you're like, oh, this is a mobile game that is being also released through Steam. But it, even then, I was kind of like, okay, but I mean, it looks really good. And the these battles aren't so bad. And then like halfway through my play, uh, like 20 minutes in, I hit it, the gotcha system. And I was like, oh, no. Uh, And and then I just had it. Not not that I necessarily have a problem with gotcha games. I do play Honkai Star Rail. Um, But my my soul can only stomach... uh, a few of those and in this one you're gotching for all of your other units which just feels bad tactically to me so i'm just nah. like nah i gotta i gotta dip out i'm sorry y'all that's unpleasant yeah i mean this is a this is a fairly mobile first and free-to-play first studio this is xd who also did uh the reviled torchlight infinite i think I was looking at that. Is that part of the Torchlight I, franchise? They per yeah, their parent company owns it, or they own their, it. their parent company owns because it does franchise. Yes, it doesn't look that much aesthetically similar to Torchlight. So I was like, wait, is this like a weird IP thing, or it's a weird IP uh, thing where yeah, they've got huge ads for a season pass as like the first thing you see on their Steam page, so. If I'm being perfectly honest, this this happens all the time for me, which is that I did not download the Swords of Con- Sword of Convalaria demo because um, of an extremely petty thing that I personally do, which is that there are two things that will cause me to not play a game sometimes, which is uh-huh. that when there is a typo in the front paragraph description of a Steam page, I will pretty much <laughs> never play that game. Like even if it turns out to be a hit, I'll just be like, no, I'm good. Um, which is I'll admit extremely petty. The other one is frankly that um, the way they advertised the game was an instant turnoff for me, which was just like they build it as revitalizing the turn-based RPG genre. And I'm like 12 or 13 of these release every year. What do you mean revitalizing? Yeah. Yeah. I like it. It's a very visually, it's a very good looking one of them and, and all the, the, little tactics bit work but as soon as you hit the gotcha it's just like i you can't do this like if what if i need to go into a battle and i need two archers on my team not having the ability to just spin up two archers is like we're, we're done you just gotta open little capsules or i don't know scrolls what are they who knows what they are until, uh, very- uh, until you pop out until archers pop out and then you have to hope that they're good and of the right yeah yeah very funny to me that it says this is similar to games you've played warhammer 40,000 chaos gate demon hunters and persona 4 which i can see where you got to both of those places from yeah it's the same but those are two so such utterly different games that okay it's an anime game like this other anime game and it's a tactics game like this other tactics game. So, I think you, you, yeah. I, and everyone listening to this knows that there is a massive crossover between anime game and Warhammer 40,000 game. That's true. There is definitely some, some audience. Steam algorithm there. knows. <laughs> uh, 
Slanish John. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, before we get back to good stuff, John, did you have any particular strategy or tactics games that were disappointing and or Is just like a, baffling? A <laughs> I don't think I sat down and played any. It's hard for me to remember because when I when I boot something up and it's baffling during Steam Next Fest, like if I play it for 15 minutes and I'm like, this isn't fun, I just close it because I do this deluge of demos thing and I play as many as I can. Right. But the game that I found most surprisingly disappointing was um, Headquarters World War Two, which I spent a healthy amount of time with and sort of found it to be nothing nothing particularly new or special it didn't seem to have a lot to say um which is disappointing because it's sort of billing itself as a game that is focused on tactics and also sort of like an army management thing where you're like really paying attention to your units and making sure to preserve important capabilities in your group that sort of stuff Mm -hmm. um you're upgrading right but that element didn't catch me there and then otherwise it was just sort of not quite as good as other hex or square based world war ii games that have come out in the last few years right like Mm. if i'm playing this i am wondering the whole time like why am i not just playing the troop right now right because the troop is quite good um that and the user interface which is comedically just the company of yours user interface just is it does look very similar <laughs> yeah just uh, liked it so they used it or what have you yeah interesting yeah um was there anything that was just like for either of you that was just so weird that it stood out like I, that's that's probably my favorite part of these kinds of like big roundups is just like the stuff i wasn't even thinking about you know, but that just ended up like sticking in my mind. Um, Focus purely on strategy or anything. No, we could we could go a little wider if you've got something. I've got one that shocked the shit out of me. <laughs> yeah, I was like, I'm gonna fucking hate this. I'm downloading this right. Um, Bellatro. Damn it, that was hey. mine. Aha. <laughs> Well, we like deck building here. We we yep. done deck building shows. That was the one that I, yeah, I on it, and I was like, I don't yeah. know if I'm gonna like this. And then I jammed on it, and I had to put it on my Steam Deck. I just kept going full on. If you said, "Hey, John, do you want to play a poker roguelike?" I would say, "No, I don't want to do that. That does not sound fun." <laughs> because to me, the interesting thing about poker is the social element and the bluffing and the working with other people. I don't find poker that interesting when it's just used as like a thoroughly solved math engine to power a video game. That's generally not when poker is cool, except when you play Bellatro, they're immediately like, fuck the rules of poker. Let's do weird stuff. Want to add some tarot cards to your deck? Absolutely. <laughs> do that. Want to play wildly illegal hands? Oh, you're going to play 27 of a kind. Go to town, right? Like it is. <laughs> An insane little game, and it is really fun. Oh man, this! Oh, go ahead, Mike. Yeah, it, I mean that's that's the deal. Like it, it, you, everyone sort of understands poker hands, and that's the the base. But really, you're trying to 
take your hands and get the highest score. And all of that is based on very uh, unique styles of extra cards that you can get like jokers, tarot cards, uh, special upgrades for the cards in your hand. And all of those are like any roguelike drawn at random for each run. And so each run, you're going to a different table and trying to hit a score as quickly as possible um, using whatever is in your deck and the special cards that you have on the side. And it's really addictive. I don't... uh, it's so yeah. good. It's one of those poker games where I'm like, why'd you uh, almost, why'd you include poker in this? I understand after playing it, why they did, but like there are going to be people who will see this and not buy it just because of the word poker, either because they're like, I don't like poker or they're like, I don't know the poker hands or what have you. And by the time you get 20 minutes in, it does not matter. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so as, as soon as I finished playing, like probably a good couple hours, I was like, man, I wish this was out now and available on iPad because I would I would play this on my iPad all day, every day. Yeah, this this looks really fun, actually. That's just because we're an audio podcast and English has so many indistinguishable straw vowels. It's B-A-L-A-T-R-O, Bellatro. Um, This reminds me of when I, just because I'm insane, decided to take the Savage Worlds tabletop RPG, which uses a deck of cards for initiative. And the Joker is a critical hit. And I used a tarot deck instead. And I came up with a unique type of crit you could get for every major arcana. (laughs) Like, this is just weird in the same way. So I'm, yeah, I'm it's on definitely board weird in the same way where <laughs> like, here's a bunch of weird rules. Also, you can, you know, like swap out the jokers so that yeah. one is like a Fibonacci spiral and gives you bonus yeah. for every prime number you play. Right. It's oh, very yeah. silly stuff. Yeah. And this looks like it'd be an excellent like mobile or like switch or, you know, steam deck. Yeah. Like, yeah. Like and, game, yeah. And you'll get the entire feel like uh, there is a limit to the stuff you can unlock uh, within the demo. Like it it essentially shows you like, oh, here's all the stuff that's locked because this is a demo and not the full game. But even with what they have there, there's a, a lot to do. So, yeah, I I probably dropped like three hours. I was like. Oh, this sounds interesting and drop like three hours in it right off the bat. Yeah. And it is, I think it's published by Playstack, who I don't think of as a strategy game publisher, but hey, Playstack, keep doing this. Yeah. That's good. I like that. Cards. That's if it's, if it's the game has cards in it, we have annexed that into the 3MA remit. So. Uh, we still need to figure out if we can do that Magic the Gathering show we talked about like two, a year ago. One day. One day uh, we will find time. Yeah. Um, with a surprise twist, possibly. Uh, do we want to move on to Synergy next? Because that, that's one that... I want right, to save Synergy because I, I okay, think it's right. a really rich and interesting game. Okay. Um, did um, either of you play the Homeworld 3 demo? 
I've not played this demo, but I have played multiple previous builds of Homeworld 3. I did not get to it just because I figured it was coming out of the mini games there the soonest. So I was like, I'll just wait. Yeah, it's next. It's like next month, right? Two months from now. Yeah, yeah. it was. Okay. It was supposed to be this month, I think. They just announced some layoffs. It's a never ending cycle of. <laughs> yeah, of, we will uh, see, I guess. Uh of terrible in the games industry in 2024 but um um i think every i think a lot of people are very excited about homeworld 3 i know oh, yeah. i am because i liked what blackbird has done in the past i was a little worried after playing this demo in that like the camera controls are a bit tricky they wanted to emphasize terrain in the battlefields which i appreciate but i do think that not just giving people absolute and uh, immediate control over the camera in a in a hotkeyed way is maybe a mistake. I think they're going to turn off players that way. Um, it's hard for me to say what the outcome of this whole thing will be. I'm not sure what other people what it, think generally. <clears throat> I I'm concerned like about some of the basic gameplay stuff. I'm not sure that they're going to do enough to make different ship types important and useful in the sort of short term. Not the short term in the in the over the course of a match, right? Like, is there, are they going to have made a game here where fighters end up being not very useful or what have you, or the midsize uh, vehicles? Cause that, that did happen in deserts of Karak. You often didn't need the earlier vehicles by the end of the match. And for me, always the, the best thing about Homeworld one was that you had to use every ship at your disposal. You couldn't ignore one class of ship by the end of a match, broadly speaking. Yeah, what is the uh, what is like the structure of this demo? Like, is it is it a single level or is it a couple levels or it was the it was sort of a, a preview of the like arena mode or what have you okay. war games, which That's is um, three players uh, co-op like roguelike ish style mode. Yeah, all, all of the all of the 2024 buzzwords. Uh, yeah, there are cards. <laughs> anyways um it's fine i'm happy that they're making homeworld 3 the truth is that i will buy and play it purely on the strength of um like 12 hours of idle radio chatter between spaceships i would probably pay 60 dollars for 12 hours of idle radio chatter between spaceships <laughs> at all period like no story just a cd yeah of audio yeah. chatter <laughs> That's that's what uh, uh, we're announcing that we're releasing a, a voice pack for three MA. That's just a bunch of idle spaceship radio chatter. That's gonna Look, be if our... you're the kind of person who <laughs> listens to the um, audio track on the the headrest when you're on a plane, that is actually just the cockpit audio and the uh, ATC audio. Have I got a game for you? <laughs> I have. I have on occasion played on those really hardcore flight simulator servers. Where it's like actual air traffic control people, or they at least know they they mimic it, right? Yeah, the procedures well enough that yeah, and you have to like actually request landings and stuff. That's yeah, wow. that that can be fun. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'm just looking over this list that we have in the Discord. I see Renaissance Kingdom Wars on here. I did not touch Renaissance Kingdom Wars because. I 
have never been a fan of this series, but afterwards I regretted not touching it because I saw that it is actually like a proper um, gunpowder and pikes and things game, which I didn't realize it was. I didn't think it was. I was not familiar with the series at all. Yeah, as the non-history person, I looked at this and I put it in there and then looked and I was like, why are there like 20 Kingdom Wars games? I'd never heard of this series before. It's kind of a famous, like also ran series um, to a lot of people, I think. Right. Like. It's a B. I I don't I can't speak to the literal quality, but like it's a B tier strategy game series where it has a fairly dedicated smaller fan base but they are buying it and playing it every oh. release right yeah i mean yeah looking at the 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 other games like they're all mostly positive and they put a new one out every 2 years or so um so it's just another one of these and and you'll find this um across like all of gaming just these n- niches that are just doing real well um obviously the fans of these love them i had never heard of them until i saw renaissance kingdom wars in steam next fest yeah neither had i well it's on my it's on my list of games to watch so it's possible that when it comes out next month we may pay more attention to it and and spend some time with it because uh, it's very easy to convince me to buy something with a really big boat in it. Grand Strategy RTS Hybrid 71510. Yeah, you know, I'd give it a, I'd give it a try. Yeah, it looked like a, you know, a bit, a bit of Total War, a bit of Civ, somewhere in between there. Yeah. Um. Looks like it's. Is it? Is it a whole? Oh, it is. It is a full European map. They were showing off. Yeah, it's a big Europe. Britain in the trailer. Yeah. Yeah, I'd give big, this a look. Europe, at least oh. down to uh, Antolia. I don't know what else from there, but. Yeah. Um, what else did you have on your list, John? Um, I spent some time speaking of sort of uh, not particularly aesthetic, but dirty looking games. Um, I played Thrive Heavy Lies the Crown, which is sort of a pseudo. Um, I don't want to say it's not like. It's not like an impressions city builder, but it a little bit has that energy of like you have different tiers of citizens. You build up your medieval ish settlement um, and try to sort of keep it alive via various incomes but it has a a strong fantasy element where your people have been driven out of their homeland by some like evil fog that summons snake monsters uh, and wilts your crops and so they're trying to find somewhere new to survive and so you're in this new area you're trying to figure out how to live here there are other semi-established kingdoms as well Um, it has rts combat where you can invade and fight with other other groups or have to fight off bandits or later on presumably you know magical weird creatures there's various dragony shaped things um i wasn't super impressed by this because it just it felt like it was lacking attention to detail um but 
I saw a lot of other people enjoy it more than I did. So it's possible that I just had a negative demo experience. I saw people whose opinions I otherwise relatively respect, right? Like not mm. just randos being like, I had fun with this, but um, people where I'm like, okay, well maybe I missed something. Uh, I, I saw it, but I didn't download it because it fell above my, um, for my next fest demos, Unless I know it, uh, I will not download anything that has a demo above five gigs. Um, so Thrive was like, OK, this looks interesting. I clicked download. It was like eight gigs or something like that. I was like, nope, you're 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 outside of my love limit. So goodbye. I have definitely hit the uh, thing where I got high speed Internet and I no longer pay attention to how big something is until it's like. 50 gigs right yeah it's it's not the download time for me it's the that my my steam drive uh like i have a bunch of different drives for different things and my steam drive is like 500 gigs and it's already taken up by like like half of that is Baldur's gate and (laughs) and hitman 3 which is i still have Uh. installed and hell divers 2 and elden ring so like yeah. Half of that is already gone. It's a, it is accounted for. Well, yeah, that's your problem right a, there. Just go ahead and buy a two terabyte SSD. That's, I've life. really been thinking about just upgrading to a two terabyte SSD this year. I did just it. I have no regrets. Yeah, I really should. Both my SSDs are are five hundred gigs each. So, uh, and that includes one is for Steam, and then one is for everything else, and. Everything else one is full. So like FF fourteen, all that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Just pick a large game release that you know is gonna be disappointing, but you would buy anyways. Choose not to buy it and buy a buy a nice NVMe SSD instead. <laughs> hey, it's all it's all tax deductible, you know. So um I I I'm not an accountant. Don't uh take anything this I say. It's not financial tax, advice. Financial advice, yeah. Never take um, financial advice for my games journalists. No, no, that that's the last thing you want to do. Uh, you know, may, maybe from from Mike, because he made the switch to development now, which shows that he has some financial uh, sense of self-preservation. But <laughs> John and I definitely don't take financial advice from us. I, I was about to say, I wouldn't I wouldn't necessarily say that, but uh, uh at least people who go into development or PR, I think, are are a little bit more uh, uh, financially credible than those of us who continue to freelance despite everything. Um, yeah. Uh, what else? What else do we have? Do we. Is it, I spent some time with uh, Rias too. Uh, Rias, yeah. if you, may, you may or may not remember, as a sort of god game where. You had these little spherical worlds um, and you moved around your big like titans on them and the titan would, you know, like raise up some mountains or smash a, you know, smash something flat or make a forest or a jungle or what have you. Um, it's a very interesting little god game in that, at least in the original, um, you have you you have really no control. Uh, not much at all of what the people on the planet are doing, but your job is to shape the planet in such a way that they will develop an optimal high scoring civilization that has all the food and science and trade and things it needs. Right. And your goal is to get a high score to unlock new stuff for the next go around. 
Um, and this is by Abby Games, who developed um, Renowned Explorers International Society, which is probably one of the better sort of like strategic with tactical RPG combat type games that you can play. Um, and then in between, they made Godhood, which wasn't as well received. Yeah, this was like the most unexpected sequel of the year for me, because I do remember Reyes, the original, <clears throat> like being. It was like around the same time that the Peter Molyneux had the cube or something. Right. And it was going to change all our lives with the cube. And this was like someone else was trying to keep the God game genre alive, which Godhood, I also remember coming out and just like disappearing almost immediately. I think Godhood um, wasn't as well received as they had hoped for it to be. Um, there was some question as to whether or not they would then publish another game. Um, and Reyes 2 is not actually self-published. It's, it's, they've teamed up with a proper publisher for that. It is, it is kind of like a fascinating hole in, in strategy gaming, I think. If you look at subgenres of strategy that used to be huge and just kind of died at some point like the, the concept of the god game i mean i grew up playing populous and uh it, it's kind of strange to me that there's not like a modern like well-received sort of canonical god game or hasn't been for a while at least yeah i think um, it is a, a surprise and no. i don't know if the genre has just gone out of style or if it's just expensive and difficult to develop yeah um I mean, I, I still I still hear people talk about black and white all the time. Like, whatever happened to that? Why don't they make another one? I think people just didn't <laughs> want to make another game where you can have a giant demon cow kick people into the sun or whatever. Why? Not? Why? But yeah, it's sort of inexplicable. Who doesn't miss that quiet death? <laughs> oh my god, so good. Yeah. Uh, Reus, though, I think the demo Reus two, the demo's still up. Um, I feel it. I see the beginning of that, of what Abbey Games is known for, which is these really tightly balanced little mechanical systems where you are trying to get, you know, you're never paying much attention to more than three or four little numbers and how they interact and how to raise and lower them and get them to work together. So I was pretty excited uh, by my little taste of it. I think it, it's going to have some problems explaining to people how to play it in an optimal way, like, how big of a desert should I make is a confusing question for people to have to answer. But I liked that it had various little leaders for your civilization to be led by that you would unlock. Uh, little people progress through ages and you can pick different goals for them, right? Like you can be like, we want our people to build monuments or we want to focus on becoming cool early farmers and things like that. So I think that there is a promising future there of making little foxes live in a desert so that people can hunt them for their pelts. Cool, cool. Worth paying attention to. Uh, do, do you want to hit anything else before we get to uh, Synergy? I got three more I wanted to hit in quick three succession. Three more? Yeah. All right. Um, I wanted to bring up um, Shapes with a Z at the end. Oh, I did play that. Space 2, Shapes 2. Um, it is a sort of pure automation game, right? Mm-hmm. I think the original the original is actually very good. It's like a 2D top-down um, factory-making game where you build a big automated factory. 
and the focus is not on anything but you have systems and you can automate them. There's yeah. no sort of survival or crafting element where you have to have enough iron bars to build a fabricator or what have you, right? It's just yeah. like this circle, th this little spot on the grid spits out circles and you can cut them into pieces and attach them to other shapes to make the shape that needs to be delivered to this final point. Um, and shapes too just sort of takes that up a level by bringing the whole thing into a 3D plane where. Mm -hmm. You can now have, uh, you know, conveyor lines that go up and over things um, and interact with each other, go under, connect to different points on buildings in different ways. And obviously, of course, you're still throwing all the shapes into a giant hole for whatever reason. Yeah, it's hey, it's it's point. hilarious how apathetic it is about, like, why you're actually doing like it, it's I called it. a It's a logistics for the sake of logistics game. Like it is yeah. purely. It is pure There's, strategy design, yeah. like the, the strategy here, the focus on like how to design an efficient system and deliver things. Yeah. Like that's what it is. Yeah. But then the fact that you, you're throwing it all into a hole at the end, I think, is very funny and also emblematic of just like the design goals of like there is no context for any of this. Yeah. Uh, it, it's just people who like conveyor belts. Like it's you're yeah. you're pumping blue out of the ground to make things be blue to deliver blue things because someone is yeah. like uh -huh. that's what you need to throw in the hole today. All right, get on it. Right. And it also, I really like it has kind of like a meditative kind of electro orchestral soundtrack that's just very chill. Yeah, and absolutely. You know, my my life has not been super chill lately, so I like that kind of a vibe. To you know. Yeah, if you were more interested in the like Infinite Factory and uh, I guess the, the very earliest factory type games, but then didn't like what came later with the survival elements blended in, you probably will be very interested in Shapes too. Yeah, I um, I I think it it kind of I eventually got to a point where it's like, OK, I get this now. Like, I do like having the survival elements and I like having some context of what I'm working towards. But uh, it's a fun little game. Yeah, if you just really like optimizing production lines, then, hey, you definitely should yeah. check it out. And I think the demo for that one's still up and it comes out later this year. Um, other game that ate like three hours of my morning suddenly by surprise was Odd Sparks. <laughs> Speaking of automation which is legit just like a, a crafting adventure game with automation elements plus Pikmin. And turns out that, that was a great idea. And it's, <laughs> it's very, it's a little cute game. It's not going to be ultra complex, especially for automation, which is probably really good because the genre as a whole could use some more relaxed intros to how to play it. But uh, it's great. Yeah, I, I I downloaded this one. I just never got around to it. Uh, it's um, when John says that it's a combination of Pikmin and automation, like you control a little guy, a uh, little wizard dude, and then there is the Pikmin stuff to exploring. But then also you're <clears throat> bringing stuff back uh, to your home base to build up your automation capabilities. Uh, and for some reason, it also has co-op. <laughs> um that's to but, me that totally felt like hey our engine has the built-in ability to do multiplayer we should just go ahead and make it co-op from the ground up that sells games uh, and but for some people that's a that's a clutch feature for an automation game because like what if you don't like doing 
one part of the automation. Like I have a friend who hates setting up the oil network in Satisfactory. So it's like, John's going to do that every time. Right? <laughs> like, he's just like, I don't like pipes. I don't want to fuck with this. <laughs> That's how I feel about, uh, about, uh, um, uh, against the storm. I don't like pipes. I want someone else to have to deal with all the pipes. <laughs> no um, pipes. Yeah. Rain, rain punk sounds cool, but I don't want to deal with pipes. So, well, um, odd sparks definitely gets my thumbs up on, uh, that was, I think, the most surprising thing I opened up and played. Uh, I had never heard of it before I played it during Next Fest, and now I am definitely looking forward to it. It is, it is very funny that the combat is literally Pikmin down to it's like a little straight up circle yeah. showing the enemy's health. And yeah. throwing the little dudes. Yeah, no, yeah. It, it pretty much is. It's very uh, much it, Pikmin, but rather than like collecting corpses to turn them into food, you are building a factory to make your little wooden robot magic robots to fight things for you. Yeah, it's uh, Astroneer adjacent plus Pikmin. Like, if you like Astroneer, yeah, that's a fairly good games, yeah. It's in that same vein. It's got a good vibe. I'm I'm excited to play it. Um, the other game that came out of nowhere at me, but was obviously made for me, was Solar Expanse, which is a near future space race game where you are playing one of several functionally real world space corporations or agencies um and it i saw someone describe it as kerbal space program except you don't have to build and personally fly any of the rockets you set up missions you build the bases on other planets right like you you say we need these things and then the game asks you okay how are you going to get those things there um if you are really interested in that sort of like astro astrophysics simulation genre um of game then it's definitely one to to keep an eye on well, i saw it i didn't download it this is it, it like i was looking at it and i was like this is definitely in the lynn rowan yeah space. no this this looks like my this looks like my kind of game absolutely yeah certainly <laughs> if you get really excited about orbital mechanics it's a game that you should have yeah. your eyes on um to me it really was it's like one of the components of um, Terra Invicta that is fun and cool is building like space bases around mm -hmm. the solar system. It's sort of the question of like, well, what if there was a game that was only about that? And that's what solar yeah, it sort of looks to be. If you're the type of person like me who wishes Terra Invicta uh, had like um, orbital transfer windows, this looks like this is oh, and you can terraform. Yeah, I've got to play this. Yeah, like like I said, it, 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 it had a, I looked at it. I was like, it has a very Lynn Rowan vibe yeah. to it. Yeah, it's like uh. And they yeah. do intend. I think they uh, they're also going to do maps of non non Earth solar systems as well. Good stuff. Uh, availability Good stuff. to like build and mine and, and colonize and stuff, which is very exciting. So I guess that that brings us to the grand finale. Um, what uh, what is Synergy. it? What is it about this game called Synergy? That, uh... Uh, so the, the, the basic pitch, other than the beautiful, weird art style, is it's a city builder on an alien planet that you don't quite understand when you first start. Yeah. Uh... It is a like if you want to taxonomy this, it's technically an impression style city builder, which is actually my least favorite kind of city builder. And I didn't care. I thought it was so interesting and pretty and fun. Um, 
it is very much 100% obviously the art is inspired by Mobius um your Jean Giraud yes. uh just gorgeous pastel science fiction art with these whimsical yet extremely lived in and usable looking objects where a lot of consideration has been given to like how someone is going to use that oven even though it looks totally weird right um and loved it oh sorry go ahead no go ahead yeah and and in addition to building your city like a lot of time in the game is spent on research like figuring out what all the stuff is around you in terms of the alien environment and life and how you can utilize that yeah like the ecosphere of the planet you're on is a major game element where you're like how can we use this plant like what what can it be used for ever what is a sustainable way to use it right like will it grow if we cut it all the way down will it grow back finding out those baseline things is a key part of gameplay which is really cool i don't know that i've there's not that many city builders that focus on like how do you build a sustainable ecosphere a lot around your little settlement how do you survive in that and how do you set it up in a way where you know during a dry season we still have enough to eat and enough water or what have you I do really like the idea of a city builder where you have to figure out what everything is. Yeah, um, I, I thought it was such yeah. a cool idea. It's very novel to me. I do wonder, does it feel like that's going to be something where like, oh, your first playthrough is amazing. And then once you know how this world works, it wouldn't be as replayable or. Maybe I, I don't know how much <sighs> variety they plan on having. Like there are definitely some plants in screenshots that I don't recognize at least from the little demo. Yeah, I, I think it's it's going to be one of those things where it builds like, hey, uh, generate me a world. Uh, and the, the magic is once you're a veteran, like being able to go like, all right, here's how to optimize what I have in front of me. Right. Yeah. Which can be like, random. Knowing like, oh, no, we don't we won't care about sponge plants for a while. I'm not going to devote time and effort to them. I think that 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 sort of optimization might be the appeal of replaying this when it does fully release. Um, the thing that I also thought was really cool here was that there wasn't just focus on building a functional ecosystem around your community. It was also very focused on building a, um, a functional community, right? There was a lot of the game is based around these little plazas that generate like a district around them. And so you can build like a social district where the goal of the area is to make a community where people are able to interact with each other well, right? And everyone harmoniously gets along and is getting enough relaxation and things like that. Um, where there is, so there's eventually a goal of like different chunks of your city have a different character to them and interact with each other to produce the things that a functional, long term, and sustainable community has, right? Like, there are public spaces where people can meet new people. There are, and there's all kind. There's some good weird sci-fi stuff in here. Like, let's build a scent garden with a bunch of weird balloons to inhale from. Um, <laughs> which your feelings on that might be mixed, but my opinion is that it is awesome. <laughs> it's uh, it's definitely a vibe. It's uh, you know, it it's 
it's a it's very much like running in the opposite direction of like the traditional hard sci-fi you know um angled surfaces and you know super utilitarian kind of uh uh way of thinking about the future which is uh yeah there are a ton of really wonderful curved lines yeah that's uh-huh. right yeah, like, a lot of weird stuff that you can run into with your, you know, with your populace in the environment and stuff, you know, like. Yeah, you send people out to explore nearby areas and things like that. You get sort of pop up events. Yeah, the first time I saw a screenshot of it, I thought that it was like you were just building giant ice cream cones or something. That's, that's like what some of the buildings look like. Yeah, the certainly distance. they've got that, that vibe. Yeah. Um, uh, and I was like, oh, OK, but this yeah, I, de- I definitely I mean, like I said on Discord, when 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 John tells me a game is good, it usually is. I mean, you know, I think, you know, workers and resources or uh, <laughs> I did know about Dwarf Fortress before uh, I ever I ever talked to you. But the fact that you say Dwarf Fortress is like your favorite game of all time, I'm, I'm like, you know, now that John Bolding has good taste in games, so I will I'll probably end up checking this out. As well. Pretty, pretty rarely do I <laughs> after playing just a demo think, oh, this game will be good. And Synergy is a game yeah. where after playing just the demo, I thought, I think this is going to be good. Um, so I was I'm pretty I'm pretty excited about that release. And I think that I definitely encourage people to go check out the demo just to see what's going on there. Yeah. And well, it also ends up does end up looking really good in motion. It's very flat from the screenshots, but um, the animations and stuff have a lot of character. Yeah, I'm looking at the trailer now and it already looks it looks better in 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 motion than it does in screenshots for sure. Um, yeah. So any final thoughts on uh, Steam Next Fest 2024? A lot of games are coming out. Why do they keep making so many games? Yeah, stop, stop, stop making games, but also don't stop making games because there's a lot of, a lot of interesting stuff out there. Um, not as strategy heavy for me this run mm-hmm. um, as the last one, but uh, uh, there's a lot of interesting stuff out there, and we've seen recently that. Uh, the stuff that pops off comes out of nowhere. So uh, it's, it's a good way to, to see what's out there. Did yeah, you have genre um, fractal continues to unfold. Did you have like a, uh, or either of you have like an honorable mention if we were going to, if we were going to pick one non strategy game. Oh, that's hmm. <laughs> worth, worth uh, maybe pointing people at. Well, I did a I did a little article of like my top five of, of mm-hmm. demos I played. I think it's on PC Gamer. Um, Probably Pacific Drive or Star Trucker. Oh man, Pacific Drive is very good. Yeah. It's, it's so uh, Pacific Pacific Drive for me was so meditative that I keep forgetting about it. <laughs> right, like it <laughs> melded oh, yeah. somewhere deep yeah, into my consciousness. And it's just vibing in there. Um, and I'm going to play it when it comes out. And I'm absolutely like, I'm not, I'm not writing a review of Pacific Drive because I just want to play it. I don't want to like it. It's like a post-apocalyptic road trip game, right? Yeah, you're driving. Well, it's yes, a little bit. You're driving around in a sort of like 
stalker-esque obliterated exclusion zone in your beat up old car scavenging stuff um, and trying to bring it back to where you live. And so like part of it is keeping your weird mobile crafting facility car running and being like, oh shit, I need to patch the tires again or where am I going to find a spark plug? Um, and that is and, it's so cool and fun. Yeah. And it, and it's more focused on the, the survival and collecting. And every time you go into the zone, uh, it changes, but it's more about the anomalies than like, I like stalker, but stalker, uh, is sort of had to take what roadside picnic, the original like novel thing was and fit it into that first person shooter. Yeah, totally mold. So it it has to be more combat focused rather than just like go into the zone and survive the anomalies, which can be anything, which is what the original like novel yeah, original and movie was. Uh, and Pacific Drive is more that style. Like, oh, there are weird anomalies and weird things happening. Watch out for those and survive those and get the items that you need in each run to sort of move forward. Yeah, I uh, I quite like Pacific Drive. If you want more of the stalkery shootery thing, uh, there's a demo called Arcticide, uh, like Arctic side, uh, C-I-D-E. And that is a much more pure like stalker shooter wander around in a scary place with weird people and monsters. Um, whereas Pacific Drive has a much more powerful narrative and general vibe going for it um i'd say my surprise demo wasn't a surprise but my my hit of not strategy games was abiotic factor which is basically a game of um you are a scientist who is trapped in half-life's black mesa research facility after the disaster (laughs) and you have to figure out how to survive Um, and it's like a crafting survival game full of you know weird funny mad science jokes uh, very late '90s blocky textures and things like that, uh, blocky models and low fo- low res textures. Um, yeah, it's like you're just somebody with a PhD in some weird extra dimensional science discipline that makes you good at certain stuff and makes laser guns out of trash and tries to survive invading weird aliens and then also like the Illuminati coming to loot the place now that it's falling apart. Um, I didn't play that I, at a glance. It felt very lethal company but obviously they had to be making it before that so i was just no like, it's very much not lethal company okay uh, it's a complete it's very much a survival crafting game where you uh, okay. gather stuff and build a base um if anything it's more of a shootery subnautica than it is oh, okay um, yeah if you enjoy crafting games and you ever really enjoyed the sort of slightly slower paced 90s early 2000s shooters like half-life you should definitely take a look at abiotic factor I do. I, I enjoyed, uh, what was it, Lightyear Frontier, which was also a Steam Next Fest game. Yeah, you you should probably check out Abiotic. It's, it's cool stuff. Good stuff. Um, any plugs this week? I know, John, you said you have your, your roundup on PC Gamer. Yeah, go check out all those things. There's a big thread of sort of like the 30 good demos that I played of the 50 demos I played um, that's on the PC Gamer Twitter account from the week of the Next Fest, and then a fifth, a five best, which you've heard about every single one at this point. But if you want a little bit more, go check that out on there. Nice. 
Um, Mike, where can people find you usually? Same. Yeah, you can find me uh, on Twitter at AutomaxZen. And find me on Blue Sky at MH Williams, whatever the standard Blue Sky extra bits is. Um, otherwise, I don't have anything else. Uh, play Warframe because it pays me. <laughs> Uh, yeah, you can always find us on uh, 3MA on Twitter. We're also 3MA.bisky.social as soon as I remember the password. One of these days, I'll just reset it and actually set up a separate Chrome instance so that I don't, I'm not always logging out of stuff and then not wanting to log in to the podcast account because it's annoying. Uh, there's a solution to this that was invented a long time ago, and I just haven't implemented it yet. Um, yeah, uh, patreon.com slash 3MA. We are supported by listeners like you. We have got EU4 and Benar multiplayer in full swing in our uh, gunroom multiplayer community now. and uh, uh, Or you can just join to uh, to chat on what is... What is a thriving uh, strategy Discord server at this point? I don't know if it's still secret, um, but it I don't is. Think it's very secret anymore. No, it's a fun place to hang out, uh, <clears throat> and uh, access to bonus episodes, which I also need to figure out for this one. Um, <laughs> that's that's the other thing I've been procrastinating. Uh, let's see. Um, I would like to also thank our Patreon producers, Mark M and Bucktown. And I think that's going to do it for this week. Uh, We'll be back with another episode very soon. Um, So for John and for Mike, this is Len saying goodnight.